0: Lee Strobel is a journalist and former atheist whose books include The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, and The Case for Grace. Now, as we prepare to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior this Easter season, this morning we are revisiting a conversation that we had with Lee about God's overwhelming grace. So, Gordon mentioned a number of the
1: titles of the books. Many of them that you wrote individually start out with a case for. Yeah, Uh, That that gives some clues of your writing style. Could you speak to that a little bit? A bit
0: sure, my background's in journalism and law, so. I tend to write about uh, evidence for the faith. Uh, Why do we believe what we believe? Is it rational? Does it make sense? Is it defensible? Is there a case that can be made for the truth of Christianity over and above any other faith system? And so I try to do that through interviews, uh, because my background is in journalism, so I don't have to be Mm. the world's leading expert on these uh, issues. I can go to the greatest scholars in the world, and then I try to be a bridge to take their scholarly work and communicate. Communicate it in hopefully compelling ways that average folks like me can understand.
1: Hmm. I think it's so cool, Lee, just to think about how God, He never wastes our time even before we came to know Christ. So you're on this track with journalism before you know Jesus, and uh, a little bit later in life you come to know Him, and He still is using all those skills and perspectives that you gained before you even knew Him.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I always, for a long time, would lament the fact that. I didn't come to faith in Christ until I was uh, past age of 30. And I thought of all the sin and all the people I would hurt prior to that in my life as an atheist. And I used to lament that and say, man, I wish I'd come to faith when I was a child. And I still wish that because I think of all the sin I would not have pursued had I right. been a follower of Jesus. But what you're saying, God redeems that time and mm. he's used that in my life because I can understand where a lot of people are coming from. I can understand the right. mindset of the non-believer. And so I'm able to connect with them more in my writings, perhaps. So, you know, it's Romans eight twenty eight. He causes mm. all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose.
1: Lee, A Case for Grace, why that book?
0: Well, you know, ever since I came to Faith in Christ, uh, which was after a two-year investigation of the evidence, and to experience firsthand God's ability to transform a life and to change mm. my values and morality and character and attitudes and relationships and worldview and philosophy, mm. I mean, all (laughs) these, to have this radical life change in my own life, I've become kind of an addict for stories about God's ability to change lives. I, I just love stories like this. And so because of a bad relationship I had with my dad, I sort of began pursuing grace, even though I didn't realize it at a young age. And I see it as kind of a puzzle. And so in this book, what I try to do is have stories that each illuminate a different part of the puzzle of God's grace. So that by the end of the book, you feel you have really experienced what it's like to be forgiven by God, to be adopted by Him, to be His child, uh, to be loved unconditionally by Him. And so I'm constantly looking and just gravitating towards stories like this. So many Christians are confused. They think that the equation of faith is Jesus plus good works equal Mm. eternal life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the real equation is Jesus plus nothing equals <laughs> eternal life plus good works. We do good things <laughs> well, good. because God loves us, and we do it out of a heart that overflows with appreciation for that, not because we're trying to somehow justify God's love for us. And I think there's even a lot of Christians who are confused about that, and I hope this book clarifies mm-hmm. that for them and gets them mm-hmm. off the performance treadmill of trying to prove that, you know, God did the right thing by saving us.
1: Lee, in your book, I mean, you mentioned earlier that it's it's filled with stories and as you get into the stories they're pretty extreme Mm -hmm. stories so why did you pick those stories why extreme stories
0: well, that's a good point. You know, I love the stories of radical life change. And so I have people's stories in my books who are former meth addicts and homeless people and heroin addicts and narcissists and womanizers and drunks, and which I find inspiring because you say, wow, if God can save them, right. you know, he could save anybody. But on the other <laughs> hand, sometimes you read those kind of stories and you say, boy, that guy needed grace. I don't, right. you know, because I'm not a bad person particularly, <laughs> but that person, boy, he really needed it. And so I decided to do one chapter in the book about a good guy named Mm -hmm. Craig Hazen, who was a good student and a a nice guy and tried to live a good life. And everybody would look at him and say, he's a wonderful individual, has a Ph.D., he's a professor, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. But he came to the point where he realized, I need grace, too. I need forgiveness, too. There are times when I've turned my back on God. I've not put him as a priority in my life. I've ignored him in my life. And so even, quote, unquote, good people, people who are nice folks. We all, the Bible says, have fallen short of God's glory. We all have sinned. We all need forgiveness. And uh, you know what? God changed his life too, which is an encouraging thing.
1: Hmm. So what's the uh, themes as you were to look at all those stories, the extreme and the normal that you just talked about? Yeah. What's the common thread that weaves them all together?
0: Well, I think the common thread is regardless of where we are in life, God can forgive us, he can adopt us, and he can change us. So there's a wide range, and I think the commonality is this realization that at some point, we can't do enough good things to erase the bad things that we've all done. But you know what? There's hope, there's redemption, there's forgiveness, yes. there's adoption, there's transformation that's awaiting.
1: Lee, a strong message in uh, the case for grace is that God operates in his own way, in his own time, and often in surprising ways. Now, honestly, I found that often confusing in my life and at times frustrating and always humbling (laughs) but you talk about it being hopeful so in what way do you find that truth hopeful
0: Well, I find it hopeful because God is not like us, and God has his own purposes and his own timing and so forth. And looking back on these circumstances that befall us, and sometimes in the middle of them, we're confused, we're angry, we're hurt, we're disappointed, we're suffering, and yet we can look back on the other side of those and see how God has redeemed those situations and can cause good to emerge. I think of my own case where I almost died several years ago and had because of hyponatremia or low blood sodium, mental confusion, delusions, hallucinations, and you know I became convinced emotionally that God had abandoned me, which Mm -hmm. is a horrible thing to really feel at a deep level. But, you know, that's a horrible thing to go through, but my son, who's a theologian, led me through a prayer exercise that reconnected me with God on a very deep and profound level, and I describe that process in the book. And now I've walked away from that experience stronger in my relationship with God, and I can look back, as harrowing as it was when I was literally on the edge of death, you know, God has redeemed that and, and is using that in my life now to write this book to hopefully encourage others that they may see hope in the midst of darkness.
1: Well, Lee, obviously there's a number of different religions out there. There are many people who get confused because of the plethora of possibilities. Yeah, You write that grace is a unique concept among the world religions, specifically in Judeo-Christian faith. So how do uh, major faiths relate to grace or not relate to grace? Like, yeah. How does race differentiate Christianity from the
0: others. Yeah, it is unique among world religions, and here's what I mean by that. Every other religion in the world is spelled D-O, You have to do something to try to earn your way somehow to God's good graces. So you've got to use a Tibetan prayer wheel. You've got to go through a series of reincarnations. You've got to give alms to the poor. You've got to go on a pilgrimage. You've got to pray in a certain way and eat certain foods or avoid certain foods. You have to do these things to try to earn your way, and then maybe or maybe not. God might be merciful in the end. But Christianity is unique. Christianity isn't spelled D-O, it's spelled D-O-N-E. It's done. You know, Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. He has paid the penalty for our wrongdoing and offers forgiveness as a free gift of His grace. That makes Christianity completely different. And you think about that. If you want to raise a dysfunctional family, then you give them conditional love. I'll love you if you're good. I'll love you if you do this for me. I'll love you if you behave in a certain way. That creates dysfunctional children. But when we love our kids unconditionally, I'm going to love you even when you fail. I'm going to love you and forgive you even when you fall short. When we love them unconditionally, we raise healthy children. And I think the same is true of faith. You know, when faith is based, as Christianity is, on the generous, loving, outflow, of God's grace in our lives, his free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. I think that generates a healthy kind of relationship where we become better people, not to try to earn our way to God, but because we're so grateful for the grace he's poured into our life that we naturally become better people in in serving others. So I, I think Christianity, it's unique and it's a faith system that uh, I'm so grateful is not built on me getting on a performance treadmill and trying to kill myself to try to earn my favor with God.
1: Lee, let's go back to when you were an atheist and at that point where God began to break through, as you think back of, okay, what began to put a crack in your atheistic armor, so to speak?
0: My wife had been agnostic, and when she came to faith, I thought this was the end of our marriage. But I thought if I could disprove the resurrection of Jesus, then I could rescue her from this cult that she got involved in. And I recognized very quickly that the resurrection is the key. The reason is that anybody can claim to be the Son of God, as Jesus clearly did. But if Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, died, and then three days later rose from the dead, that's pretty good evidence he's telling the truth, right? That's why the Apostle Paul says, you know, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. That's the ball game, the resurrection. So I spent almost two years of my life using my journalism training and my legal training to investigate whether it was credible to believe that Jesus not only claimed to be the Son of God, but backed up that claim by returning from the dead. And after I did that, I became convinced that the evidence is clear and compelling, that the resurrection is an actual event of history, and therefore Jesus is who he claimed to be.
1: Lee, one of the blessings that we have as a ministry is walking with people in real time through hard stuff. I mean, we hear from the My Bridge Radio family that's people going through hard things right now. Yeah. So I would love for you to... To speak to them. Speak to to someone who is going through just hard circumstances right now, and what does it mean for them to keep their eyes open for God's grace?
0: Yeah, I mean, my heart goes out to those that are are just going through a tough time. I've had them in my life, and, you know, I've had a couple of crises in my life. One was when my daughter was born and nearly died at birth, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't a Christian then and I was an atheist and when you are in a position of that kind of emotional suffering in your life and you don't have God it is a horrific position to be in hmm. and then I've been in a position where I opened my eyes in the emergency room and the doctor said to me you're one step away from a coma two steps away from dying and uh, when I was you know in intensive care and I was fighting for my life but I did it as a follower of Christ, and I knew that to live as Christ and to die is gain. That You know, this is a win-win situation. As difficult as the circumstance is, God promises I will cause good to emerge from it in some way if you're my follower. And secondly, even if I were to have closed my eyes for the last time in this world uh, during that episode and opened them in the next world. It would have been in the presence of God who would have put his arm around me. And uh, because I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ and, and because I'm forgiven of my sins, he would have opened the door of eternity with him forever. So there is hope ultimately. When we know that, when we're confident of that, when we believe that, and we have an ongoing relationship with God, as difficult as tough times are, there is hope, there is grace.
1: Lee, a great time this morning. So appreciate you taking the time. Would you be sure. willing to end our time praying for the My Bridge Radio family, and specifically, again, yeah. those who are just going through tough times right now?
0: Sure, I'd love to. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the way that you offer to forgive us and adopt us and transform us. We are amazed by that. We pray for those among us who are hurting, who are going through tough times. Father, we pray by your Spirit. You would lift them. You would give them vision. You would strengthen your relationship with them. We know that your son said, uh, in this world, you're going to have trouble because we live in a sin-scarred world. But take courage because he has overcome the world. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for your provision for our sin that you have sent your Son on a mission to redeem humankind. That gives us hope. That gives us courage. That gives us encouragement. We pray for this station as it proclaims your message of grace and hope far and wide, that it would be a source of encouragement to listeners and those that don't know you personally, even today, might turn from their sin. And in an attitude of repentance and faith, receive this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life, purchased on the cross by your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen.